welcome, welcome to Planning Face Syndicate. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We are doing episode 73. Today, we make one last stand for everyone we lost. Tonight, we're going to be covering a little bit of the Exegol tournament results from GSP's Galactic Championship Series. We promise we will not go over lists in detail. So if you are listening to this on audio versus watching the actual live stream, we will apologize in advance, but I'm not going to go through lists that A, is going to change in a week, and B, will be 100% irrelevant, is my guess, um, once we get all these new cards that are standardized loadouts. We're also going to be talking a little bit about Dragonfall. We decided to bring Nick, the Tender God team captain, onto the stream. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about Dragonfall Convention, their X-Wing tournament they had there as well. And then to wrap the show up tonight, we're going to be continuing our conversation comparing X-Wing to Chess Theory. And yes, if you have not been paying attention or have not seen our other shows, we kind of went through all of the different gamuts and we're finally to that mid-game piece. And then in two weeks, because <laughs> it won't be next week, but in two weeks, we'll be covering our end game piece, which will conclude our chess theory um, series. And then after that, I don't know what we'll do. We'll have to, I don't know, we'll have to come up with a new thing. Maybe Nick will give us a recommendation. Without that, without any more being said, let me bring in our guest host for tonight. Welcome, Nick, and welcome, George, to the stream. How are you all tonight? What's up? How's it going? Cheers. Uh, swipe right. Uh, you know, it's just just swipe right in general, not even on Tinder. Um, go Tinder gods, TGs for life. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hope everyone's weekend was good. George uh, played in Exegol. I had a bunch of parties for the kids I had to go to. So even if I wanted to play, I was not allowed to because I was pretty much gone Friday all the way till about five o'clock on Sunday. So, and then Nick was out at Dragonfall participating yeah. in some crazy stuff. How far is that convention from your, where you live in Chicago? Uh, it's about an hour and 30 minutes. We had a local oh. named Alex who actually, you know, I don't drive in the city right now and he, he drove us out first convention streaming, um, taking the stream rig, you know, out to. So that was a really big challenge and test. And I think it went really well. It was a lot of fun. Well, awesome. If you don't know who Nick is, he's from 312 Squadron. I'm sure you probably all do. So new logo, new team name, everything. Everything, yeah. So to begin with tonight, so we have an intro segment we're going to do. But before we get to the intro segment, we're going to talk a little bit about Nickel City X-Wing and how <laughs> Greg's League went from four teams to eight teams where he finally just said, hold on a second, guys, we're going to cut it off. So we now officially have eight teams with, what, five or six people per team. So there's like yeah. 40, 48 of us, some like, something like that. It's crazy. It is. Yeah, it's it's been so much fun. Uh, we're not even, we haven't even started the season, um, the season yet. But I'm a very competitive person who likes to have a good time and, you know, mess around. And it's been great. I'm really going to be, I'm really excited about it. It'll be a lot of fun. And Nick was very sad when he came to the Michigan GT. We didn't even get to play each other. So like, I don't know how we dodged each other the whole, the whole time. Like not once yeah, I got paired up with did not locals. Farewell. I think that's why I didn't, I, there was a game I probably could have won that would have pushed me 
maybe into playing you um, later on. But alas, no, 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 didn't happen. Didn't happen either which way. So what what Nickel City does is they do a draft league. And it's it's literally basically all the captains get together, drink a bunch of um, sodas and sparkling waters and um, decide who they're going to draft into their teams. So obviously I played in the first league um, and I was on team CFIS, uh, the Corgi Confederation of Independent Systems. Last ran place, by right? What's that? Last place. <laughs> Last place? Were yeah, you guys I think last we were place? last place, yeah. Right, yeah. Well, it'll, think, it'll stay that way, but you don't have to worry about that no longer. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I I don't know what the heck my record. I think me and, me and Andrew had the worst records, I think, in the whole <laughs> league. But we played fun lists, so Andrew and I were just messing around. I don't think I played a actual competitive <laughs> serious list, maybe other than once. One time. Other than that, we were playing just for fun. But now that we have eight captains and eight teams, I guess we have to be a little bit more serious. And JJ decided he was going to captain his own team. And we're going to give JJ a bunch of shit. And yep, JJ sucks. You you aren't here because you ain't going to be able to defend yourself. So unless you can figure out how to stream your own cast, you're not going to get a chance to defend yourself at all. Just saying. But here is all the shade that we're going to throw. He, JJ had two picks, two picks. In the the first and second round, and did not pick me. Now I won't say because of my stellar record, you know there there is that. But in fairness, I did top at you know GT, and I've 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 topped in some other stuff before. I've been in top cut in other other GSP events. But even then, you would think JJ would just pick me just just for the pure fact that he's on planning phase syndicate you would just think that it would be planning phase syndicate team just like if i were a captain and george joined george you'd be my first pick this right there you and jj just be like oh don't want anybody else to get you but instead jj's passed over me twice in the top 10 and nick picked me up hence why we have nick here to say a little a few words to mr jj so i i I typically don't share dms because you know privacy but i am gonna go just a couple of messages with jj before the draft i'm gonna go over them real quick i said are you ready for the draft is tanner your first pick do you even have a choice and he said lmao lamau i have a list of choices that will be eliminated as the draft goes i traded for tanner to be one of my double picks i said what if he gets drafted so and then he says he went toe-to-toe with standing and lost at a road roll which was he didn't answer my question um and he says, I have other higher rated players from Team Canada and England. I cannot let them form Voltron on a single team. I said, same. And then I said, or, you're, uh, or else your end game will come swiftly. Funny thing was that I said, what if, what, if, what, if, what if he gets drafted? Tanner was on my list as one of the higher picks. And JJ got greedy. And he decided to let two go by. And he was banking on the fact that he traded with Catherine. I think maybe one or two picks after me to draft you. So he would have drafted you that round, but I needed my separatist player. So I super liked Tanner and that was the end of it. And now here he is. As soon as I said your name, he was like, Oh no, he literally like <laughs> just audibly just like that. Oh God. Cause he knew what he's in for, but he's not here to defend himself. So uh, hopefully he listens to this back and 
just sheds a couple of tears. I don't want you to cry all night. And, you know, I want you to be able to fall asleep. And, you know, <laughs> but, but you know what sad, the sad man. thing is, though, Nick, we I was hoping we would for round one before all these paints points changed, get paired up against each other. That was that was the hope is that our teams would have got paired up. And then I've just been like, just yeah. pair me against JJ. Just just do it. It'll be he's not stream in our division, though, is he? What's that? He's not in our division, though. Is no, he? they're not. That's what yeah. that's what Andrew our division said. is rough, man. It is really <laughs> tough. So yeah. we we're in for it. But I got I got faith in my boys. We got a good team. We actually have a really good team. So. Yeah. And I think what we're what I'm going to do is offer to help Greg um, create a like schedule, kind of like what XCC had um, for streaming games. And then that way, everybody will be able to see them because we've offered to pick up games. I'll be honest, this week's a really bad week for me because I'm going to Cincinnati uh, this weekend to see Dropkick Murphy's. So um, hopefully your game's not a clincher at the very end of the week. (laughs) I hope not to. (laughs) If it is, (laughs) if I guess if it we will find out if it is, but. Um, we will be streaming some of the games. Nick's uh, Nick's stream uh, three one two squadron will also be streaming games. Uh, we actually I will be playing uh, Andrew Oler of all people on Nick's stream mm-hmm. this week, and we got to get Greg to rule whether we're going to have to use new points because if I have it my way, we have to use all the new points. That yeah, way, it's no, like he already ruled on that. Um, did he? Whatever's in the builder is what we use. So, oh my god. I'm yeah. so excited. You guys have no idea. You know what I'm going to do for five and a half You're lucky hours? You actually get to use the new points. We, I, will. I will not be able to unless it drops Wednesday, which I am a little nervous about. It's possible. It's very possible. It happens. When, does it, so when does the league begin again? Monday. Monday. Um, Monday. We have two players playing on Monday, so they should be safe. I am a little worried just from like, um, because I'm, you're locked into one faction, um, George. So like, I, I picked Rebels just because I've been playing a lot of Rebels for a while now. Um mm-hmm. And I did well with it at Gen Con, but I'm worried about Luke, and I have a list built around Luke. And you know, all the speculation, he's going to go up to seven points, which kind of kills a lot of lists because, yeah. you know, just math. So I'm a little worried about, like, the last minute. Like, if it happens the day I'm scheduled to play my game, like, that's going to be something. You know? Gotcha. Extended, gotcha. though. So maybe use extended ships. Oh, Any yeah. plans if they if they keep him the same, but like maybe lower his uh his loadout? If they do, I would be okay with that. I still think you know then you could start to tinker with like shattering shot and like R five D eight maybe or just trick shot and uh, you know something else. Um, I, I he doesn't. I, I, this is gonna be very quick little rant, but as someone that plays Luke religiously, he's just not good enough to go up against like Poe at the same cost. I know it's a different faction, but the references of the other seven point pilots is just it's egregiously bad for him. Um, yeah, and he's in a T sixty five is very limited. Even though he gets his force back, you can't you can't roll more than two green dice uh, unless you're at range, and you, you certainly can't modify your blank results. So. Yeah, unless you go yeah. through two proxy mines in one time. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. Uh, because I that practice game I played with against Andre from Tinder Gods, he just murked me uh with his prox mines. But Tanner, you got lucky, man. I should have lost Luke immediately running over two prox mines with no shields. He rolled one hit and three or two blanks and one eyeball. <laughs> That's amazing. I still yeah. lost the game, so it worked out. He, hey, he 4K'd through two of them. Oh and my gosh. The, here's they were the on top of each other, literally stacked, like like yep. like uh flush on top of each other. Two <laughs> box 
the best the best about that whole point point though i guess we shouldn't spend too long on that game but the best part about that whole game is before i go to drop it he goes before we while we're setting dials he's he's like oh you're gonna drop another prax mine out the front it'd be funny there'd be two of them and the turn before he's in the exact same position um that his Derek was and what happened was the turn before i dropped one good night honey uh i dropped one in front of me and he one hards with his Derek onto the asteroid a debris debris oh, a debris yeah. and i <coughs> and i didn't <coughs> rotate my bombardment drone to shoot at him because i didn't i thought he would just go through that prox mine he still would have had one health left and <laughs> yeah, i just assumed he would have yeah, yeah. <laughs> nope he didn't and he went right down there i was like fuck so then here comes luke flying in and luke couldn't kill the bomber on one health <laughs> yeah the that's bomber. the other thing is that brought those two prox mine or one of them i guess maybe both shouldn't have existed because i had two double modded shots one was a protorp and i didn't convert uh, and then the, the shots in the Grievous, three concussion missiles. I can't kill yeah. him. He's on two all. Double lot yeah. Kongs. That's Grievous. No, it's not rolling three hits with Ahsoka <sighs> every time. They gotcha. Well, that yeah, that. But yes, the Grievous doesn't help. <laughs> we anyways, love our Grievous. Anyways. I hope they don't touch Grievous. I don't think I'll be honest. I don't no, know if they're going to touch six Luke. Points. Think, so. You don't think so? I. I think they will lower his loadout points if they're going to do anything. They said they're going to make minor changes. I yeah. don't foresee them. And how about this, Nick? If they do raise his points, it's because you're getting another Luke. I know that's the problem. And that's why it, that's the only reason why they do it. Cause he's not good enough to be seven points. Yeah. And they give him more loadout, give him like six more loadout. Let him, let him take, okay. Let him take a shield upgrade. If he, they're going to make him seven points, he has to have a shield upgrade. Yeah. So eight more loadout points, please. Thanks. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So speaking of the new thing for our, our intro segment tonight, um, what we wanted to do is just kind of briefly discuss standardized loadouts versus custom loadouts, right? Um, we're not going to go through every one of the pilots. I don't care. Like, I think JJ wanted to go through all the pilots because he started populating, but he's not here. So we're not going to go through every one of the pilots. So I kind of want to just have a really quick brief overview discussion on standardization um, and pros and cons. And the way, the reason I say that is because we are getting standardized. We're getting a standardized Han. And can you imagine if Han comes in at seven? I mean, Nick, are you going to trade in your 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 eight hell or your eighth cost Falcon for a yeah. seven cost Falcon with those What's, loadouts? What, what was the? Sorry, did we did we? I can't remember what does he have on him. Do I don't remember. Know? We don't. Okay, it it can't be efficient. No. <laughs> No, it it's not. not. You have to spend charges on them, I believe. Yeah, and even even recall. even Luke, um, Luke's in, the instinctive aim, like the attack speed. That's just you're, they want you to throw him at people, and it's going to go bad. So I don't think he's good either. I mm -hmm. I don't I don't buy into. I'm going to be such a pessimist with this. I just don't really care too much about these builds because we've been used to being able to build the way we want and for efficiency's sake and damage and survivability. These fields still just slightly random, um, but shaking it up, giving people a different choice to make is is interesting for sure. Yeah, but, I think my big thing is I hope they don't permanently go to it, right? Uh, so his so does does he is correct? He's going to have Chewbacca on him, uh, the Falcon title, rig cargo shoot, and L three three seven. And then basically after 
after performing an attack that hits, you may spend one energy to perform a white coordinate action. And then while you defend or perform an attack, if there are no other friendly ships at range zero to one, you may spend one charge to re-roll one of your dice. I think the coordinate's a little bit bigger, honestly. How do you trigger? Sorry, I muted myself for a second. Um, how do you trigger the coordinate again? You just have to. It just has to attack. hit. Yep. Just oh, and that hits. It has to okay. hit. So you Got can't it. count on it. Oh, he doesn't get his rerolls, right? No, no rerolls. No. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it has but, to hit. Yeah. I mean, it's coordinating well, at I six. So. Oh, for sure, super good. But there's a big caveat, right? Like, there's a lot of high agility stuff being used right now, and you know, if you're gonna fly him. A different way because the rerolls don't matter. Where is he? Like, is he more vulnerable? I think it's gonna be challenging to fly him in a way that like makes him feel as unkillable as he does feel at eight points right now. Just you just no chance. Yeah. If he evades, he does get that reroll. And he can spend his energy but to only do for rerolls. Defense, right? Yes. Yeah, and if there's no other friendly ships, or is it enemy ships that range zero? No friendly ships. Friendly. Okay, yeah, I mean it's light. it's interesting. It's like a lone wolf built in, but without you know, I mean the restriction is just range one. Um, <laughs> I was a little extreme when I said I'm out with the but 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 you know Han is used because of the the ability to just give it another shot. You know, just try again. Yeah. So. I will tell you, I played against one with Grievous more than one time, and when they roll crits, they always re-roll their dice. So. Yeah, <laughs> which has always benefited me. But you know. yeah, that's what. Yeah, because your odds of you know rolling a blank or something increase when you're re-rolling a, a hit results. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so so let's talk a little bit about standardized loadouts. So so Nick Nick says he's anti-standardized loadouts for himself. Um, and I'm going to say I'm. I'm in between. I am going to say if standardized loadouts were the only thing we got, I'm out. Like that's, that's not my style of X-Wing. Um, I will try it. How about this? I will try anything. There will be anything. I don't feel that AMG is going to go strictly to standardized loadouts though. Um, that seems pretty crazy to me. Um, because they even talked about some of the fun of list building. So I, I, I don't think that it's, they're going to do that. Um, so for me, it it's a 50, for list yeah. building. Yeah. I, I I'm probably gonna try it once and quit the game for good if they do that. That is <laughs> yeah. just a outrageous idea that will lose them so much money. They won't do it, and they know it. They know it. They are not gonna do that. Yeah, no, I don't they, think they, they, they would. Do it. Yeah, it's it's not smart uh, as a it's business. Anyway, idiotic thing to do. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's it's yeah. That's template building that just relies on dice and maneuverability. So. I think what's going to happen, well, you know, I think there's a few of them that I will be interested in. I like, I like the idea of standardized loadouts because you can get other pilots that are cheaper, let's say, into the mix that normally you wouldn't fly. And, and, and we could, let's, let's use Luke as an example. So let's say they keep Luke at six, cut his loadout down to 12. So you want a proton torpedo? Great but you can't take a bunch of other stuff, right? So let's just pretend they did that. They'll keep them at six. But here you can have Luke in a standardized loadout for five points, right? There you go. Like, like so, so like in that aspect, I would put Luke on the table just to mess with them at five points, you know? Um, so I think some of these 
builds can be interesting, but I, I also, I'm also really like, it, it has to demonstrate that it's going to perform on a high level for me to be able to yeah. want to do that. Well, here's the thing. I think if they keep, if they make him five points, which I think is actually very possible, I don't think they actually really change the loadout necessarily by more than a couple points for the, the six point version. Cause that's already a point different, right? That's, that's just, I, I know that that's, that's just an idea, right? So that you threw out there. But it'll be interesting. I don't want to go down the Luke rabbit hole again. But it was funny. The, 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 um, I don't know if you guys have seen Monsters, Inc., but there's that scene when the conveyor belt with the trash compactor is going by and he thinks that she's in the trash compactor and mm -hmm. then all these things are happening to it. And he like can't he like he looks and then he faints and then he gets back up and he looks and like that. You just everything you just said <laughs> reminded me of that scene. It's <laughs> watching all these things change. It's like, oh. Now I gotta watch it. <laughs> so, so George, what, what do you think in terms of pros cons? What are your pros cons of of standardize, and, and is it something you're going to attempt to play with, um, or not? Uh, I'll yeah, I'll definitely attempt to play with it. Uh, it's it's I like it in the sense of like it provides opportunities again for newer players to not spend as much money on x-wing to get in initially to see if they like it if it's something that it's gonna fit them um as for me personally though like i i will try maybe one or two pilots but um i i enjoy the building aspect of x-wing that's what draws me into the game um so i would see that as the con is that like you you know you're kind of stuck with what you're stuck with um yeah. but you know the positive is Again, it provides other methods for people to come into the game without having everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a game that like I, I totally agree. And I think if the timing was better with a core set that people can get into the game with, I would be like a much more excited about it, I think, about that that idea. But I think it's difficult to that's like at the next step up the ladder, right? When it comes to newer player getting into using upgrades and using these pilot abilities, these standardized cards. The first step is just understanding the game. So, um, yeah, I think the timing is interesting, getting a couple of these packs before we really get any idea on what the plans are with these new individualized core sets. But, I mean, maybe they can just have a replacement, like, temp core set in the meantime, just something with printed new stuff, new rules. Man, you know it's going to be really crappy if they do standardized cards and all of those all of those stupid core sets we're gonna have to buy those if we want those cards because <laughs> it'd be like god damn it i don't need five yeah. seven core sets but <laughs> maybe they'll be nice and sell us a standardized pack if that's what they do hopefully they don't do that um so here's this is what jj said jj wanted me to read this so his pros are um for this is it allows specific upgrades and pilot abilities to exist in their own bubble without worrying about potentially breaking the game with interactions with other upgrades. Um, on a con side, great pilot abilities may not be able to be adjusted appropriately without a hard errata or points adjustment, making it unplayable. So essentially, if they screw up, those cards just are gone. Nobody will play them. Because, again, it would be the same thing if five-point Luke is the same, you know, has that loadout, and then they go, oh, we're going to make it six points because it's too good at five. Are you going to choose the customizable one that's six points or the uncustomizable one? You're going to do the customizable one because you're going to want to put everything 
you want on it unless you want that free boost. That's the only thing, and it's only a straight boost, so it's stupid. You know, I guess it's not yeah. dumb, but it's yeah. not well, really. Luke loves to get into range one of other ships mm -hmm. and or range two. You know, he's got a he's got a straight boost into every firing arc. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I do like that too. Uh, I mean, the downside to this new Luke is probably the weakest thing is R two D two. To be honest, uh, but again, to a newer player, he might find that thematic, and that's what draws him in. Yeah, instinctive aim is super thematic. I understand why they added it. Yeah, I've never yeah, been a believer in instinctive aim. Mm -hmm. Um, you just have to trust your dice variants and hope it works out. But I don't like it, but I've used it for just certain certain people. So yeah. All right, so that was uh, that's kind of our intro segment. We're, we'll be excited next week, and um, uh, we will essentially I will be playing a game on next stream, and then pretty much going into. Um, going directly into playing or doing our podcast. So um, I have no idea how that's going to go. I will apologize. We will definitely be back, though, with point. It's going to be points weekend. And that's literally what we're going to talk on. about. I, I need you to have a little bit more faith in yourself. You are. I drafted you because you're a good player. So No, no, no. I meant because I don't know. Because if the game goes to time, right, like then I got to do all the prep work for the show and oh, stuff like that. Oh, okay. that's well, what I'm I think we gave you some time. Right. I, I'm I want the points change to happen and I want to be able to use the new points because I think that that'll give I'll will. either win big or I'll fail big. So if you want to be involved, so don't tell Andrew Oler this because I don't think he's on our discord planning face syndicate discord. If you want to submit a separatist list, it can be extended or unextended. Once the new points drop, please wait till then. Once the new points drop and you want to mess around with lists. We have a list submission um, tab, post them in there, and then just put at Tanner and then tag me for every single one of them. And 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 I will be working with Nick, I'm sure, um, over the course of my five and a half hour um, drive to Cincinnati messing around with lists. Uh, so if yeah. you would like to get your input into what Tanner gets to play this weekend, um, I won't guarantee it, but. Be a classic hey. matchup too, because Oler has Republic, so it'll be you know we have Separatists versus Republic. It'll be it'll be fun. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I think it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting. Andrew's a really nice guy, so I'm excited to play somebody. I actually don't think I've ever played Andrew before. He's been on our stream before, but I don't think I've ever played him. So cool. Yeah, the inventor of one of the most horribly annoying lists. <laughs> <laughs> At least he and can't I, play that, right? I'm a Rebel player, and I hated it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, all right. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad about that. So here we go. So let's talk a little bit about Dragonfall. So Nick, you you want to just go over real quick what Dragonfall was and kind of what sure. your role was this weekend? Yeah. So uh, in Lake Geneva, uh, yesterday we had a one day X Wing event. It was five rounds. It's a charity event, actually. So all proceeds went to a few different charities. Um, if you want to get more information on everything about Dragonfall, you can visit dragonfall2022.com, I believe. Uh, double check the link. Just, But uh, it's a convention that happens every year. And we had a uh, 32 cap. We had 24 sign up, two drops, so 22 that showed up. And it was a best of five round robin tournament. So whoever was playing, you know, there were only two undefeated players by round five. Um, I was there to Cotio with Francois Murray from uh, some of you know him from GSP, and uh, I also ran uh, an all-day stream um, at the same time as Exegol Swiss, but it went really well. It looked great, and I was really happy with it, and yeah, so, uh, and the lists were cool. The winning list is not expected, 
but a nice little refreshing little pleasant surprise i guess to say the least awesome so yeah so we're not going to go over every list because the majority of the lists are pretty identical we will go over steve labarge um yeah. who took down he was the only uh well he was this, there was two undefeated players and then he was the uh champion over zach matthews mm-hmm. all right nick you want to break his list down real quick yeah um i have it let me pull up the google talk again did he post it in the doc or should i go to the actual uh, GTO not, link? No. okay yeah uh I, oh you did oh did i yeah i did that i guess like it you did yeah so steven brought a first order list and you might roll your eyes and think oh here we go again but uh this is a really nice quietly great list that has no fo bombers no malaris and no kylo so we get it some some love with quick draw uh, she has elusive, uh, proud tradition, pattern analyzer, special forces gunner, FCS, and shield upgrade. So she's got she's seven hit points, four shields. Uh, keep that in mind because next uh, we got Captain Phasma with proud tradition, fire control system, pattern analyzer, and special forces gunner. Why Captain Phasma? Besides the fact that you get a you know a nice four points uh, SF. Well, you shoot at Phasma, she hangs out with Quick Draw most of the game, and she'll pass the damage on to Quick Draw to get the bonus attack, no matter who you shoot at. So as long as it's, you're shooting at either Quick Draw or Phasma, that means that Quick Draw is going to get a bonus attack at least a couple of times. Then we got Scorch with Fanatical, Elusive, and Advanced Optics, Static in the FO as well with Fanatical, Elusive, and Optics. And then you have Gideon Hask in the Zy Shuttle. Instead of going with Backdraft, Steven was telling me he preferred the coordinate ability and that flexibility in the list has pattern analyzer agent Terex and tactical officer can you imagine if fo had a droid that was like r2d2 or a gunner that like regenerated a shield that would be so broke like the like quick oh. draw oh i'm not gonna tell you I'm, my action is gonna be just to uh regen my shield today yeah. well like <laughs> yesterday greg uh nickel city's like why why run phasma next to quick draw it seems like a bad idea <laughs> what no, it's a great idea. Uh, just downside is keeping Phasma around a ship that might die. That's a problem. Get her away. Dictarium power cell. All right. So now somebody's got to get put put a quick draw build together with Dictarium power cells and see how long quick draw can live. Super expensive though. Is yeah, that, it's like eight not, points, I believe. That is a really yeah. That's just not an efficient quick draw. It's like a gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> it would be funny. Yeah. It would be. So, it would be something. She might get one shield back. Yeah, yeah eight points. Yeah, she's also not going to be able to fly away and like re-engage. You know, I think she gets depleted. I don't even remember what happens, or she might just get disarmed. <laughs> I think she gets disarmed, so it's an SF that's getting disarmed that wants to shoot. You shoot at her while she's disarmed. Can't bonus attack. I'm disarmed. <laughs> Lost the shield. I just got back. Thanks. She just, she just needs a. Uh, she just needs a, a hound to take that that disarm token from. Yeah, easy. All right. So anyway, so Dragonfall, that was kind of what it is. Uh, so here is Exegol. There was 20 players in the top cut and a total of 105 players overall. Um, so I believe 105 people made cut from the playing in the games. And then um, they had a few spots that they were selling just to kind of fill up the the uh, the tournament there. So total was 105 um people 20 made top cut rebel had zero in top cut <laughs> um empire had eight three scum one resistance five first order two republic and one separatist so what we usually do on this stream here 
typically is we kind of go through and I have like a statistics breakdown of all of the, you know, the different, what is your percent of list rate? What is your percent of cut rate? Um, the difference, what is your percent of faction? And then kind of go over like a ranking for this. Um, so essentially, obviously rebels um, were the worst rebels were um, down. To fashion, baby. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody took rebels. Um, I think that's, I think that's a little bit of a mistake to some extent. Right. I, I, I do think that could be a mistake. I think if we saw more rebels, we'd see more in cut, but yeah, um, that's why they I shouldn't do. get nerfed. They should get a lot yeah. of buffs. <laughs> Well, I don't well, know about buffs. No, no, no. I don't, I don't Slow know down. I'm there. talking about I'm talking about buffs on things that are not going to make you guys mad, like a Z95 pilot gets a buff or something. Like, yeah. All right, all right, uh, Mr. Jan Orr should be like six or seven points. Yeah, just leave Jan at six points. That's fine. I like that. Take the title away, and you can have it at five. We need a two point Z's. That's what they need. Two point Z's. They had yeah, that. Generic. They had generic. that. Remember, and then Rebels are OP. Anyway, um, we'll see what they do with the points next week. Um, anyway, so Rebels came in very, very low. Empire came in at 12%. Um, so essentially, they had eight in top cut. Guess who did not win? Empire. And guess what was not even in top cut? Vader. Vader. Oh, We know how much you love Vader. Yeah. Yep. No, I, 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 this whole Vader Defender thing, like, well, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, but they shouldn't do anything, <laughs> really. He's obviously not. That yeah, Vader's fine. Um, Scum actually had a surprising uh, turnaround with the three in there, and two out of the three Scum lists that made cut were in the top four and in the finals. Um, <clears throat> Resistance only had one. They were at negative 8%. First Order came in at 12%. Obviously, First Order, we know it's a crispy list for the most part. There is one unique list in there that was a little bit different. Closer, actually, to Nick's list that we just saw. Mm -hmm. um, so now that I think about it, it might almost be the same one. I think it was the same. Same pilots, anyways. I don't know about the upgrades. So we'll look at that in a second. It might have, um, it didn't have an FO bomber. No. I feel like it. Are you sure? I don't know. Oh, it did. It look. did. It yeah. did it have an yep. FO bomber. Okay, yeah. Yeah. never mind. Let's boo. <laughs> it was it was breach. Yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Oh, breach. Yeah. Huh. Uh, with then... no bombs. With no bombs. Wait, chaff, though, right? Chaffy? No chaff. That's what it was. He had bombs, ah. but but no chaff. And then rebels and separatists came in at negative two and negative five percent. If we look at the overall ranking of everything, obviously rebels is the worst. Empire came out kind of neutral. Um. So this is where statistics sometimes fail. Empire really should not be neutral, but because there were so many of the damn lists, that's kind of why they come out lower when you do like a combined ranking. Um, Scum came out uh, second, almost on top, with obviously First Order coming out on top. Resistance was at negative three, negative one for Separatists, and then Republic came in at 2%. And again, that's because Republic had more in cut than and not very many people flew it. Um, so the top runner is the top list and the runner up list um, here. And, and again, we're not going to I'm not going to go through every upgrade. I'm just going to say pilots and we're going to move on for now. Um, Cam Murray took the whole tournament down with a Boba Fett, Kanan Jarrus and a Rook Crest. We finally had 
a gauntlet do something yeah. <laughs> like Which, it's just it finally worked. That, yeah i mean geez man this was a, that was a whack game the aciest Kanan I've ever seen. I, I don't want to discredit Cam uh, at all because he's an amazing player who played an incredible game, but I really feel like Steve had that game stolen away from him. <laughs> Pretty hard. They were even saying, talking about it at the end. Just the the natties upon natties upon natties from Kanan on several shots going into it was tough. Yeah. yeah. My Kanan never stuff. lives that long. So Yeah. It's impressive. Impressive variants that when he needed it the most, it worked out for him. And then he faced off against Steve Coutille, who ran Marnaki, Captain Oinken, Vizier, and one Jingoist. So this this dual this dual decimator made it all the way to the final table. I'm very very excited. That that's actually pretty exciting. I I, I don't know whether to be horrified or not because like if we think about it, do we really want two decimators? You know. Um, running around all the time probably not so uh i don't know what they're gonna do about that but uh he did use death troopers which uh, is really good i don't care what anyone says and he used fifth brother which uh we hadn't seen on a decimator i'm assuming it was more for the fourth point than anything else yeah did he ever get any the the fifth brother ability off at all uh he sunk i thought he sunk a crit into boba but it might i think so not. too yeah you might be right yep. And then they had Captain Hark and Seventh Sister on Vizier and Cloaking Device on the Jingoist. So, um, I don't know. I, that's Again, that's still nice to see not a bunch of ties in the top cut. So, or in the top two, top two game. Then we have William Hayes. And this, he did have Grudge, Scorch, Malaris, Phasma, and Quickdraw. And the Quickdraw does look identical. Um, yeah, Grudge. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, grudge. Okay. Yeah. There was another person flying right breach now. today. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I In feel top like cut? <laughs> I don't know about the top cut, but I uh, saw it okay. earlier today. Yep. And he yep, he was running a chafe cloud and proxy. So there you go. He was not running the daredevil grudge. So I guess there's that. Um, it must be like a, a tough flavor because Crispy also didn't run the daredevil grudge either. So I think it's because of actions. <laughs> Yeah. Then George Castan is I don't want to say Castanza because like that's the first thing I think of and I apologize. Cast, I know that's not I'm bussing, Jerry, I'm bussing. <laughs> he had a Han Solo, Iman, and Kath Scarlet. And this is what drives me nuts. He has Iman with proton or, pro, or electro chafe missiles instead of uh, a secondary bomb. Just that's not my preferred way. Of, of that and then um you know cast scarlet really good also with the chafe missile um definitely gonna see something happen with those chase mi chafe missiles oh i'm so excited uh, yeah i did see him do pull off a really cool like interaction something you don't really see which was shoot the shaft and then run into a run into it himself so that he can get all the target locks off of his ship which if he had kept it on First order was coming in with some hot uh, APTs. That's for sure. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that makes sense. I I, I it's kind of like the same thing when you go over uh, and bust through and get that ion token from an ion cloud. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then in our top eight, we had Flipster running a Hal Runner Swarm. Um, Kyle running. I'm guessing that 
Anakin Obi Contrail Houndless. That's the same one that um, Duncan Howard ran, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. And then the other two in there the, it top, is. the top Gary. Cup, it was <laughs> Gary. Yep. Top eight. Gary had a Kylo Ren in the silencer, which we haven't seen a lot. Yes. Of. Um, so that's cool. He was running Breach, and Breach has APT and plasma torpedoes, man. Cool. This is cool. Cool. That is something you don't see. Um, then we had Nightfall um, with Prockets and Malaris in the shuttle with Biohex Code sensor buoys. Finally getting those buoys out there. Tack Officer and Phasma in Proud Tradition. That is definitely a very different um, First Order list. I will say mm-hmm. that right there. I like that. And that's the list that George was playing against. He, you see all that Got damage it. that could be. <laughs> Two advanced protons with Breach and Kylo Ren coming in. And a lot of I-5s, right? Is yeah. Nightfall an I-5? Uh, no. I think Nightfall might be a 3 or a 4, right? I think uh, it's a 4. a 4. Yeah. Yeah, that's still, that's, yeah, that's, that's uh, double mods from Malrus. And sensor buoys. Kylo, and then Breach, <laughs> finding a way to get his double mods. Yep. Her and is, he has the, um, they have that uh, the feedback ping on Breach. So that, <laughs> that works with those sensor buoys, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's like that's old tech from 2.0 that we haven't seen quite a while. Um, I like that list actually, though. I do. Th- I do like that would be something I would actually put on the table. So that yeah, seems fun for sure. Um, and then the last the trick shot's a lot of fun. Tanner had a game at Jed God where they set him up like normal, and I was like, all right, cool, shoot out a trick shot, shattering shot, bye. <laughs> I feel like they're not gonna live then. <laughs> you know what the funny thing is is our Discord missiles get one health now and one agility, oh. but they didn't do anything to sensor buoys like. And and sensor buoys don't those damn mandos. I can't kill those mandos half the time. Ugh. Yeah, range zero shots are almost always enough to kill the buzz droid. Yep, but it still yeah. prevents you from shooting at me. So that's all I care. <laughs> that's yeah, what I, I want. There, I wish there were two agility at least. <laughs> yeah, or or make it so you can pass a calculate to it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna give a calculate to a buzz droid. I don't know. I don't. I think if getting. Getting, I don't know. I you could have left them at two or three agility, and it would have been fine. But whatever. <laughs> um, Anthony was the last one, and he it was basically running a dual reaper and tie list. Um, the ties were generics, so that's kind of interesting to see. Um, we've seen a little bit of that before. Um, all of them, but Wampa, Wampa, obviously, you know, elusive. But um, everybody else had uh, discipline on them. So a little bit different of a list. They use super commandos on v- Vizier. So like, like that's kind of cool. I like yeah. that. Um, and that's it's nice to see to a little bit different. To yeah. Be honest, that is not a list that I could see winning a lot of games if I looked at it at face value. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, so those are kind of the lists that we, we had from, uh, from Galaxies. Again, the idea is, is I'm not going to go through all of the upgrades or all those other things just because everything's changing here on Friday. Hopefully on Friday. If we're lucky, right? Cross your fingers. <laughs> yeah. Probably sooner is honestly what I would expect. Is that Friday would be the absolute latest because they promised it that day. Probably sooner. Oh, what I'd if we say. get it tomorrow? What if we get it tomorrow? I'm all in. I want to play league. Yeah. With the new points. Mm, so, so spicy. So spicy. All right. Did either of you have anything else you want to talk about list wise or um, anything like that for any of those tournaments? 
Um, I was just going to say real quick this that it was refreshing to see a final with two lists that I wouldn't have expected to see and to have it be that close um, and that exciting was, was was really fun. So it's a nice little kiss goodbye to the current iteration of points in a way that, you know, it's 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 nice. I just will say that it was good to see that. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I think that was nice, um, it, it, especially the Rook or Rook. Like, that's just yeah. the... That's to me, that's the chef's kiss right there, right? You know, like everybody's we we've I'll admit I've been one of them that complain about gauntlets having a hard time doing anything. And here Cam brought them all the way to the top table. So do we have Cam is do we is Cam's team in our division in the league? Team payback (laughs) is in our division, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get you get that matchup, baby. That's that's gonna be you. I think Sandy's gonna want to play me, to be honest, but yeah, I mean someone's gonna have to play Cam. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what they do to scum. You know, we'll is see. He the scum player, I assume. Gotcha. Uh, he is. Yeah, he'll be playing scum. So you know, uh, Boba, like all eyes on the fire sprays, honestly, and Kanan. If they do anything with loadout points for him, he's perfectly fine at four. Do you see anything happening with Boba though? Loadout, just loadout tweak. Loadout. Small, yeah. very small, like a couple points, maybe. Uh, he's nine points, but you know he's proven that he's unkillable um, in most cases. Um, in the right hands, he doesn't die. Um, he barely survived or barely died in this game, this final game. Just Death Troopers got to him. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Death Troopers are very are very good in this meta. Um, I think the other thing too. I I don't know. I I I think if they take that shave cloud and and change some of that i do wonder if we won't see much of the fire sprays touched so let's say chafe cloud goes up i don't know to seven points maybe maybe that's like that's probably where else i see it going two is seven points um you know are you going to take a take a chafe cloud at seven points on a fire spray i I think the issue with the fire spray is just the points fortressing kind of existence of scenarios and how you can points fortress in the best chassis in the game is you know the fire spray uh even at seven points it's like you could spend four turns shooting at it you finally kill it you only get seven points you're down by five or six at that point because you've had to spend so much effort only boba is rewarded when you kill um when you kill him i feel like seven points is in most cases a toss-up because they they's just so survivable and they have so many ways to get you to turn away with bombs and prox mines all that good stuff so but i overall i don't have an issue with fire sprays I just think that there needs to be a consideration maybe less about the fire spray and more about like hey there's a lot of ships that exist right now that are just not getting shot at or just can never be killed and therefore points aren't being distributed from them and it's kind of like making certain scenarios harder for people because there's no half points like it's just a half points thing fire spray would be more solvable to me uh poe all these other people if there was a way to score some points from shooting at them yeah yeah so yeah yeah maybe we will see half points in scenario right would that be a surprise a a big surprise for me mg yeah, they would have that would be they said no major changes though, right? If that they did that, that is a major change, and they would have mm-hmm. to change the ceiling of win, winning the game, right? It would ha- it could not be it would have to be higher than twenty, right? <laughs> yeah. And I can see most games, yeah, like games won't even go. It to... would end in three rounds, maybe. Yeah, right? yeah, and that's right back where we started, where people were taking ages to play a full game, and it took three rounds. It's like, yeah, the adept, <laughs> never forget the Adepticon final game, one of the worst games I've ever seen in my life. 
not good. Fair enough. All right. Let's move in to the next segment. So essentially the last piece of uh for the night, and this is this is our chess theory review. What we've done so far, if you haven't been paying attention, and if you have, great. Thank you for joining us for the last like three months. It's taken me almost three months to go through this. But essentially, I've my theory was, and what I really wanted to do is compare chess to X-Wing, um, which is a comparison I made in the past. Um, uh, and it was a big contention between actually one of the first original hosts and myself when we both first started playing X-Wing um, because I felt Star Wars Destiny was better than X-Wing. So... Um, I, we won't get into that cause I don't want to ruffle a million feathers and have a hundred pounds of hate mail. Um, but we decided to do a discussion on like, how does chess theory relate to X-Wing? And I say this because chess to some extent has not changed, right? How many hundreds of years has chess been played and the rules are static, but people love chess like a lot. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> People play a lot of chess. And I think if you're a good chess player, you're probably a good X-Wing player. That would be my theory. Um, and chess has no list, no list building. There's no list building. You don't even have like that complexity piece to it, per se. It's like, oh, six queens? Uh, nerf, nerf. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need anything else. Just six queens. Oh, man. Checkmate in four moves. There you go. Talk about a quick game. <laughs> I'm going to spend 10 minutes per move. You're going to watch me just sit there while my clock runs down anyway. So, but I feel the principles of chess and how, how much strategy actually goes into it is a reason why I compare it to X-Wing and why we're kind of doing the series. So at the beginning, we defined it. Then we kind of defined it, what our pieces are, how the pieces relate to in-game, our in-game X-Wing um, theory. We determined there's very few Kings, Bob Boba and Vader are kind of Kings. And that's partially because if you kill them to the moat for the most part, you've won the game. Mm -hmm. Um, except for, um, when Boba acts more like a queen and then it doesn't matter because he still lives and then the camp still win. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so we talked all about the beginning opening theory, opening maneuvers, all those other things. Now we're this, this piece is mid game, right? So this is your middle game. That's what they call it. And in chess theory, they define it um, very broadly by saying middle game begins when chess players have moved their king safely and developed most of their major pieces. So essentially, it's once you have your setup, you get your openings, you get all of your space allocation correct, and you're ready to go and ready to pounce. That's when middle game starts. The huge thing about middle game is that there is not technically one specific period of defined time. And I think this applies to X-Wing. We have our setup, right? We know we know when 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 opening happens, right? We we have our setup, we have our opening maneuvers. Usually now it's at least two turns because you can't take objectives till the second turn. So unless you five straight boost for like an alpha strike type thing, like in a very aggressive alpha strike, you're not murdering anything round one. Unless you're me and I just like to sometimes throw Grievous five straight and get shot at and lose half points <coughs> right right away. Um, it's happened to me a couple times. And um, so middle game, there is kind of several important pieces, right? There's there's some very important facts, some different pieces that go into it. But before we kind of get into those and go through each one of those and talk about them, what I'm going to do is open the floor up to Nick and to George to say, okay, hey, 
as we define and talk about middle game and X-Wing, what are some of the tenants or some of the highlights you feel go into um, middle game? And we'll go ahead. We'll start with George. What are some of the highlights that begin middle game? Yes. So like when, when you're, you're doing your stuff, do you have like a specific time that you feel stupid computer? You have a certain time that you feel middle game starts for you. Well, uh, with the list that I've been flying lately, I think that's when, when, <laughs> when Grievous gets in a position of flanking, that's when my middle game starts. So like, it's usually that, uh, around third round, I would say I have him in a good position where he then begins to play his game. Um, so that's kind of what I focus on where my mid game is. And depending on how many objectives I have or whichever, uh, scenario we're playing it's based on that but yeah mostly when grievous is in the position all right nick for you how about how about middle game when when do you feel middle game starts for you so you know it's the first one or two rounds of of, of x-wing where people are kind of jockeying for positions still they're making barrels boost they're making like course corrections i would call it uh identifying a lane and then maybe course correcting if they see that that lane is closed or they need to go somewhere else the middle game for me starts when you can no longer course correct and you've you've picked the lane and the avenue of approach for your list uh that means that your engagement has basically been determined as to the you know simple like main areas to where it's going to happen so typically you know you might two or three straight in front of what i i do this a lot i'll corner ship and then i will for three or four or five straight right in front of an obstacle and then i'll choose to do a barrel roll one way or another that is the first course correction and then i'll have one more turn to be able to do that and then at that point i've locked in my middle game and i've decided this is where i want to and feel like i should engage and you gotta you gotta be really careful once you've you know locked in that final answer because that's gonna determine the game that is the middle game is the game yeah, I agree. It's that point of no return. Like you've already locked in to yeah. going in this direction and that's where you're going basically. Yeah. Cause you start, you can't use, be using actions mm -hmm. uh, for it. Scenarios are interesting, but you can't be using actions to reposition when you're getting shot at. You just have to have mods and that's, yeah, exactly. You've locked it in. You can't really afford to do a third course correction. Yep. So in chess theory, they call that centralizing your pieces. That's what they call it. So essentially it is, is once you get your pieces set up and ready to go and what can you control? So in Nick's case, when he taught, he's talking about his Luke, it's what he's talking about. Um, and play other did, factions, but sure. Yeah, sure. Uh huh. I've only ever seen you play rebel. So you're going okay. to, I'm well, going to pick on, I get to pick on you a little, little bit. bit. You can pick so. on me a little bit, but I am captain of TG. So you better watch it. That's fine. You can bench <laughs> me, bench me, baby. I really can't afford to bench you Tanner. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so the, um, so, so I, I I'm going to pick on it because again, it's a, it's a Luke thing, right? So Luke's going to come in and like, like he says, he's going to go through, does Luke want to go in the center or can Luke go on the outside? Right. And then once he makes his decision, is Luke going to go through the center? He then decides where his targets are going to be. Right. So he knows that if Luke does a three bank, he's going to be able to do the target lock. He's going to be able to, you know, get a focus if he needs to, or, um, if he really absolutely has to, he might be able to barrel roll to get out of arc. So if he comes in at a Grievous and, and here's Grievous, if he decides to Grievous is flanking somebody else and here comes Luke, Luke could be flanking 
Previous, right? And now we now we're talking about where your centralized pieces are. When we talk about knights, knights control a lot of space on the board. Like in fairness, knights are one of the biggest pieces in chess. Even though we we talked about in X Wing, what is a knight, right? You know, like what is that knight? And if you go back five episodes, we talk about that. We define what that knight is and how it works. Um. So anyway, centralizing your pieces, determining your lanes, figuring out where is the best um approach for your different engagements. I will tell you a lot of people like to split their lists up into two sections and tell you which one do you want to play against, especially when you have a um, four ship list where they are somewhat self-sufficient on their own. Uh, X-Wings are, <laughs> I hate saying this, but X-Wings are really good at that. You do not need to fly four X-Wings in formation. You do not need to do that. <laughs> that is not something that is required. X-Wings will die, but they also get to live on their own. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of times you'll see two of them loosely together. Uh, the one caveat in Rebels would be Jake, right? Jake's got to be by somebody or he's only giving himself the but focus. It just doesn't really work. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's why Jake, like I would have said in 2.0, Jake was undercosted. Um, But now in 2.5 with all the new rules, a really Jake is it, like, I don't think I want to see Jake go to three points, but at four points, Jake is almost just an overcosted like coordinating ship like that's really what it is he's, he's just an a-wing that's the problem <laughs> yeah well there's that too but he's just like at four points it's really hard because if you lose him that's four points of your list if he was three points or two points with no loadout you would probably take jake all the time because you can afford to put him with another ship to lose him if needed um mm -hmm. yeah same way as i don't feel like killing jake unless he has rockets on him is the biggest uh problem ever either like i stopped trying to kill jake anyway uh, Finn, on the other hand, <laughs> you want to kill Finn because Finn just wants to live and ruin your life. And Finn is your your knight specifically in that type of scenario. Um, all right. So the next kind of the next tip, the next things is talking about what are you willing to trade, right? So they talk in chess. They talk about trading your flanking pawns for your central pawns. In X-Wing, that's a little bit different, right? There's a little bit of a difference because we don't always have a lot of pawns on the table. Um, we just don't. So really in X-Wing, when I relate it to flanking and centralized pieces, it's really, what are you willing to trade? What are you willing to leave off the table? So when we talk about engagement here, and you know, I'll pick on George a little bit because George says he brings his Grievous into flanks. What if they target Grievous? Are you willing to trade your Grievous for no. other ships? Or are you going to yeah. run away with Grievous? And no, I'm going to run away. You? I'm going to tuck okay. my tail and run. I don't do that, but I do that sometimes in fairness, but not every time. Ask Nick because I, I gave him my grievous the other day. Um, he didn't, though. That was the problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> you did, but you, that wasn't you for kind of, of did. And you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. That yeah. wasn't for lack of trying. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, so so when we talk about trading our pieces to you, to, to you guys, we'll start with Nick this time. What do you feel is a worthy trade in terms of once we get into that actual engagement in our middle game? What are you willing to trade um, up or down? Sure. Uh, let's talk about in the scope of scenarios. Um, a trade for me, I'm willing to trade. I'm willing to trade down when I have, let's just say scramble. I have two, three of the points. That's half of my ship, right? That's or my pilot. That's, you know, a six point pilot, let's say Luke is because we're using Luke or, you know, as a lot of examples, that's half of that. So that you can kind of, you have a buffer there that, that, that 
six point loss, even though it affects the total score is really a three point loss just on its own as an isolated incident. However, you have to look towards your next turn. What, what can you do if, for example, I had a game of Gen Con where I was behind by quite a bit, but I saw three or four different ways. Each turn, I saw one way that I could get back into the game and I executed it and I won. And it's, what does the next turn look like? Do I have a good shot? Do I have that double modded shot? Do I have two shots coming into the ship that I need to kill? Where is my win condition going to be on the board for the next turn? So looking into the future, you trade down. Trading up is like what you do, what most people do with Wedge is they say, this is a ship, Boba Fett, for example, Wedge with plasma torpedoes, double mod into Boba Fett. I am going to get rid of this nightmare with my, the, the one ship that can actually reduce the amount of dice that he can roll. And no matter how many rerolls and mods he gets, he's only going to get one die to roll. Trading up, you throw that ship or that pilot at somebody that you identify that your win condition starts with that trade. And then you play on the rest of the game without it, knowing that you had that game plan that you're like, this is a ship that sure, you know, it's going to die, but it, your opponent can't really do anything about the fact that it's going to try to trade with them. Like that's what wedge does with, especially with torpedoes. So, yeah. Fair enough. How about, how about you, George? What is, what is trading your ships mean to you? And if you want, um, you could trade me a few ships. I, I like free stuff, so. That's a tough one. Um, I, I, so I, I do the balance of, like, trading, you know, damage for damage, or sometimes in your case, like you're, you're saying, chips for ships. Um, I generally try to stay away from that, but if it comes down to it, I'm going to throw at you, you know, my, the, the obvious bait, you know, like a like a small smaller point two point ship, um, in front of you, and see what you do with that. Like, I'm willing to often tr trade a ship for objectives sometimes as well, because I value my me personally. I value the objectives over, um, my ships sometimes, <laughs> my two point ships. Yeah. Like trading for scenario action, right? Exactly, because at the end of the day, like it's also dependent on their positioning. If I know they're they're not going to be able to recapture it the next following round, then I've already gained an advantage there as well. So yeah, it's kind of like that. That's huge. That's the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah, is where your opponent is on the board. It's like great. You know, you can't scramble anything for a turn. That's three yeah. points for me here and next turn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So the next point that they have is avoid pawn weaknesses. They say avoid doubled backward and isolated pawns. Again, this one is a little bit harder to relate to X-Wing in the aspect of we don't have a lot of pawns uh, unless you fly Separatist or uh, Empire. I, I, or hell, at this point, I guess if you fly Resistance Y-Wings and you have yeah, seven, a six pawn ships, all day. They're, they're, That's a pawn. Freaking, they're, they're fancy pawns. They're really good pawns, you know. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but anyway, like, this one's a little bit different where we talk about more talk about weaknesses. How do we avoid in-game trouble? Right. And so I, I'm going to, I'll pick, you know, I'll get, I'll, I'll pick, a, I've been running George's list and blah, blah, blah. That's one of the things when you talk about trading, right? So in scramble, if I dump a droid with a discord missile and I've got two ships coming in, I'm throwing the discord missile away. The probability that I'm going to use both calculates on defense and live is probably pretty, sl pretty slim. Um, especially if they're coming in with a proton torpedo. <laughs> That is just like here, have your Discord. 
because that one damage and this and, and or the scenario action is worth it over losing that ship. But what does that do for in-game? So when you run a five-ship list, if I lose three ships in two rounds, even if my other two ships are queens and bish and rooks, that's not good. One queen and one rook is not going to win you the game. In Nick's case, with his four-ship liberal rebelist, if you trade wedge for half a boba, but you lose all of wedge in one round, that's not a good trade, right? And that's when depends we depends on about, what kind of half or is Boba on like two hole or three hole or a torpedo can solve that. Yes, but I agree with you. Yeah, if yeah. he's only taking one damage card or something. Yeah, too. the most wedge is going to get on that is is the four shields, right? Yeah. Um, but or like, you, yeah, with a plasma four damage yes. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So you so you the issue though runs into is if you lose wedge that first turn, it's it's not as much about the trade that you did. It's about what's going to happen in your end game. So avoiding weaknesses to maintain your end game is the biggest, the biggest issue there, right? So George, what, what do you feel when it talk about when we talk about weaknesses? Um, and again, this doesn't do trading, but just weaknesses in your positioning, right? How do you solve or how do you work towards not allowing something like that to happen? Uh, spacing, right? Like, so you want to make sure that wedge is in a position where, like, he could shoot at um at boba fett but not getting shot but from everybody else like avoiding getting shot from his entire list is how you avoid that situation so that you don't lose wedge on the first turn like you said Mm -hmm. nick any other thoughts yeah i mean if we're sticking with just the wedge example i mean um I'm just, I, I guess I'll go broader here. A ship will feel like a pawn um, when it's left out to dry. So this, this, I think what you mean, or this part of the chess theory, you know, was this number three, uh, yep. is leaving a ship out to dry, whether it be it not participating in a crucial engagement because it's too far away, or it's being too far away from friendlies that could back it up and it gets pounced on. So uh, I've played, we've all played plenty of games where somebody has set up um, I mean, honestly, I'll just use the Gen Con game I had against Will Hagwood. Like, great player, amazing player, great list, the double Desis and three TIE Fighters. He decided to have Morna Key on the opposite side of the board and have to come spend three turns coming in to participate. And that was enough time for me to get to kill Oiken completely. And he had Morna, who I don't know if we would, you know, Morna's kind of like a quasi knight bishop in that list she was a pawn because she wasn't participating. She was kind of left out to dry when she needed to be there. And so it's just, if someone's going to pounce on your ship, like if Boba's going to roll in and get into range one of you, he's going to be taking th- two or three more brutal shots because you got company, right? So you have to make your opponent think twice about being reckless or just throwing themselves at you. If you have a ship all the way off on the other side of the board and there's people five straighting towards you, it's too late. <laughs> Your friends are not going to get there in time. Yeah, they're gone. And I think that goes, that kind of ties into number four, which is avoiding creating weak spaces in your position because it creates issues in the end game. Creating weak spaces is essentially giving your opponent the advantage. So an example of that would be a shattering shot, trick shot Luke, who does decide to go through the center because that's where all the bloody asteroids and debris clouds are. Um, and you stick one lone droid on, on an asteroid, it's gone. Like Luke's gonna go yum 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 yum, 
and then you just lost that center objective, yeah. right? He might not and, even take a lock. He might not even shoot a torpedo. <laughs> he could just take a focus. Yeah, yeah he's, exactly. That's all he's going to do. He's definitely not taking a lock. <laughs> On a two agility ship? No, thank you. Um, <laughs> but but anyway, but so avoiding giving your opponent positions that benefit them, right? So it, they talk about it as an outpost. Is kind of how like chess theory talks about it is do not give your opponent an outpost for them to camp at. And like in one of the examples that they had was, you know, basically if you move a pawn and that knight now all of a sudden only had two positions, now he has three positions. And now that knight can not only threaten a rook and let's just say a queen or a rook and a, and a bishop, it can, it can threaten a third piece or set itself up to force you to go kill it. And then we all know if you kill a rook or a knight, but you haven't killed the bishops and the rooks. At some point, that's that's not going to benefit you. You're going to lose. You're going to lose because they're going to be better, better suited to take care of your list or your chess list. So, not having essentially a opening of bad positioning is kind of the the same thing. Don't don't allow yourself to be in, put into a kill box. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing in chess is when you your piece gets pinned, you have to move another piece because if you move that piece anywhere, you lose it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I think in in and I'll pick on JJ a little bit because sometimes when I play JJ, like when you run Kira, you become predictable, right? If you target lock a cloud, I know you're gonna do one of two things: you're gonna run away, or you're gonna go through that cloud. Your position is soul. Like we know where you're going. So like Kira. At two points, right, people love to use her in Scum because I could just barrel roll through clouds. Well, if you're Eamon, you probably don't want to just do that. Um, get barrel rolling through that cloud means if I know you're going to be there, there's Discord's going to be waiting, um, maybe a proxy mine if I'm smart and able to get my droid up there fast enough. Um, all sorts of different things. Just got to add barrel roll to Eamon's action bar. And we're no, holding. no. <laughs> No, well, you, well, you were saying that he barrel Iman barrel rolls. I'm like trying to think about how he could barrel roll. No, sorry. He I did, did I say barrel roll? I didn't mean barrel roll. Boost. You meant yes. boost. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha X Wing right here. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if Iman ever barrel rolls on your table and you don't think twice about it, I guess I mean <laughs> Yeah, I, I have some I don't other problems. <laughs> I should resign as captain of Tinder Gods. <laughs> yeah. Like if I ever pull that maneuver on you. Uh, the next one that they talk about is always blockade your opponent's isolated pawn with a knight. So, Nick, in X-Wing, what is what does that mean to you? It's less about like a physical piece, like a physical pilot, and more about if your opponent decides to engage uh, engage with you. Um, and, you know, it basically creating a, a choice that your opponent has to make that however they engage with you, there's going to be some sort of caveat that you are supplying to that engagement. Like, okay, so if you turn in on me here, I've got two more shots coming into you, double modded or whatever. You're facing, you've made the decision, you're going to pay the price for doing this. Or if you, you could put them in a position where if they run away, you're getting free target locks, you're flanking them, you're capping objectives that they can't respond to. Um, so basically, again, it comes down to not leaving something out to dry, making your opponent make a decision that isn't going to just be a freebie decision that has no consequences. Yeah, I agree. Like lose, lose situation. You put that, you put, you put your opponent in a lose, lose situation, basically. Yeah. Either way you're, you're capitalizing on it. Like a Chewbacca. 
You can shoot at them. He yeah. shoots at you twice. You shoot at another ship. He shoots at you twice. Pick what yeah. you want. <laughs> you want to get hit twice? Yeah. You speed dash. Dash. Oh, nobody cares about obstacles. It's going to come kill you. Thank God. Yeah, dash people. I, I mean, that was that was Zach Matthews list was playing Chewbacca. We had it on stream. If you guys are curious, you can watch it back. But on our uh, VODs, but um, he he is Chewbacca got ignored the whole game, which might be the right play. But like you got to Yeah, you just got to shoot at that thing and just kill it. He's got to kill it with fire, you know. Yeah, because it, and that's what that when I for my in my game with Stanizuski, I think it was the same list. I think it's that that was the exact same list, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, um, but it, instead it, of like Jarek, I don't know if he had Jarek or anything in, in Stanizuski's list. I think no, he Kaz. did. Was it Kaz or Jarek? Yeah, I have Kaz in the in the thing. Oh, okay, it was, yeah, 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 it was Kaz. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I saw Jarek earlier in a list similar to that, and I mm. got yes. confused. Well, Jarek would be if you wanted to um, upgrade Finn to something else. So when Finn goes at the four points, you're going to have to use Jarek instead of Cass. <clears throat> anyway, um, that's my hot take on why I hate. I hate. I'm sorry. I hate Finn. That, Finn it is my. No it literally makes no sense. Why he is so good. just the worst. He is a negative play experience. And, then, you know, I don't care what anyone says. Corey. Is it Corey. worse than Torkoal, though? <laughs> <laughs> right now it is i don't know what does torkel even run right now four points he can't take yeah. moldy crow anymore so no. like yeah. as soon as he lost moldy crow torkel became less of a issue and i'll be honest like in this new meta where you have to take objectives versus just murdering torkel kind of lost some of his some of my hatred towards him i don't like seeing torkel i'll be honest with you but i don't get as jaded without him ha i mean because he has to with the Moldy Crow, he didn't have to pick. Yeah. It was like a mini boss. That was the problem. Torkoal's yeah. the same price as Sarasu. It's like, I, I don't know. I'd rather have Sarasu all day yeah. and she gets a Pro Torp. So. Exactly. And and Sarasu's not likely to just die in you know one or two engagements. Sarasu's going to contribute. Um, putting somebody at I-0, you know, like before, again, before it was a pain in the ass because you know how hard it is to avoid a 180, a 180 arc, especially when it's like, side to side you know mm -hmm. yeah that was just really hard um but anyway I, everybody likes to pick on me that was that was just so you know nick that was the first ship i ever hated in x-wing like we all and, have our first yeah, yeah i that, think that, the, the only answer to, to him was just having two ships or that you know you could only pick one the other one could still try to initiative kill or do some work but yeah it sucked. That was a uh, Torkoal Swarm was uh, one of my least favorite lists to go up against as well. Just it was just a joke. Yeah, I hate them anyway. Um, so the next one is openly or occupy open files with your rooks. So essentially, an open file is basically like a straight a straightaway, right? And so, like when we talk about Grievous and and, and you're basically this is just your lanes you know right um this is your opening lane this is this is where you want your big heavy hitter to go because right because we know rooks are very very good um in chess you don't just trade a rook for anything rooks protect your king and then rooks become very aggressive can become very aggressive and if you could keep a rook to end game you have a higher probability of winning unless i guess if it's just your king and two rooks versus their king and two rooks um, I don't know how that would happen, but I guess it could happen. I don't know. I've never played a game in chess where I've 
advantage with my Roxy. Most of the time, I lose at least one, if not two, of them. Um, but that, I don't. I'm not super great at chess. We'll just put it that way. Um, anything on anything on that about lanes, guys, or files is what they call them. Files. That's the stupidest name I've ever heard. Just pick the right lane. Yeah, I think the biggest difference the between being a great X-wing player and being a great chess player is that like, I feel like you can be a great chess player and be one of the best X-wing players, but you can't be one of the best X-wing players and be one of the best chess players, right? Like, the biggest difference to me is that the greatest chess players are reactive and have everything planned out several moves in advance. And then X-wing player, you can win by just being reactive in X-wing, which is not an easy thing to do. There's a lot more depth to X-wing in terms of like all upgrades, dials, obviously things you can't do in chess, but that's, you know, that's kind of the, the biggest difference that I see is that X-Wing is mostly about being reactive every turn and not thinking more than a turn in advance because it's kind of hard to do beyond that uh, in a lot of cases. Fair enough. And the last part of middle game that they talk about is keeping the bishops in a pair, right? That you're essentially your bishops together are some of your most valuable pieces and they normally are locked up by knights, right? But if you're able to move them and get them together, they can be more powerful and more strong than some of the other pieces on the board that are left. And so that's when we talk about in X-Wing, right? When we get to that middle game, we get past that first engagement, get past the second engagement. What do you have left? So to me, keeping the bishops in a pair is what do you have left? And can you keep enough firepower to either take over the scenario actions with your six A-Wings or kill things with your wedge and Luke, or I guess Django Fett if you use so. You know, like Django Fett's like a two two, two bitches in one. Uh, Django is is an every piece major piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I hope they don't touch Django. Ugh, that would be sad. Sad day. They don't. They don't need to. They'll touch Notorious though, which is touching Django. I'm okay with that. I'm actually yeah. okay with that. Yeah, I, I'm ready. I'm ready for that card to burn, man. Yep. Let's get let's lower Django a point and take Notorious away. No, no. Oh gosh. <laughs> Got him. What did you <laughs> call me? Ideas. Point Satan? Is it was that yeah, yeah, my yeah, nickname? Point was? Satan. Your point Satan, yeah. It's some terrible ideas. All all of your <laughs> ideas involve separate to speak way too good. Like tri fighters <laughs> at two points. Hey, two point give me a two our... point tri fighter. Make Jan mm. seven points. Like <laughs> Fuck it. Let's just put Janet 10 points and then make all tri fighters two points. And all right, George, let... I need your take on this. Is Jan Ors really like oh if, if, in, in a perfect world at five points with Moldy Crow? With Moldy Crow, keep in mind whatever loadout you think would be fair. Is it really that bad? She's in the hawk, right? Is that that big of a deal with the way rebels are these days? And seven fleet gunners a thing. Is that really that bad, bad of a thing? She's never played. Well, now that you bring that up, no, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's a bad thing. There you go. Done. Three weeks ago, he did, but that's okay. I got him on tape saying, <laughs> "No, Jan, I don't talk. Jan I don't. Is not good, man. I like my Hawks. I, I think. Yeah, I think they Kyle need some help. too. I mean, come on, they're put in jail right now. Yeah, they have a chance to be. I wouldn't mind a shakeup where they're both five points and their loadout is fair with multi crow. It is fair, like small. Back in 2.0 days, it was 16 points for Moldy Crow. So, just saying. Yeah. 
Yeah, but everybody's just running things with three attack dice, like unless it's like a throwaway ship like a droid, which is you know only a couple of factions benefit from. The Y wings, like resistance and separatists, really benefit from the two point fodder, and then the rest that don't have three attack dice are not getting or an empire empire too obviously they have the tie fighters but they really benefit as we saw in Mexico. <laughs> yeah because they can reduce your agility which is almost like or at least with uh jingoist which is and wampa get extra die which is the equivalent of rolling three attack dice anyways <laughs> yep so anything else uh on this last point keep the bishop pair together anything else that either of you have on that before we move on All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you for that. This this was our middle game discussion. Um, like I said, we, chess had a, has a lot of setup. Like, there's a lot of setup to chess and understanding. There is more to middle game than what we've gone through. There is. We could talk about different theories and different strategies in different setups, but I don't think at this point, especially with point changing, it's as um, imperative to kind of what we're trying to get at. Right. So. Ugh. So next week, we will not obviously have our in-game theory, but we will be talking in-game in a couple of weeks, uh, just not this week, just because this week we'll have points, and that'll be exciting. So. Oh, yeah. Big topic. It'll be points, and even, you know what, the next week we might even not do in-game. We might do list building the next week, because I don't know, that's, that's, the, that's probably like the best part of X-Wing, I think, uh, is list building. And so... Here's what will happen is they're going to release points and JJ will spend two or three hours list building and I'll get like a hundred DMs from he'll be like, hey, look at this. Look at what I could do with this. Look what we could do with this. Oh, here. Here's a new Grievous build for you. So anyway, thank you all for joining us for our chess theory review of middle game. The last piece, and we're only going to spend 30 seconds on it, but everybody on the cast, you guys get to name. What is the one change? that you feel will be coming in this points update only one not two not three what is the one guaranteed change that you feel will happen george you're first oh no come back to me okay nick you're first <laughs> okay guaranteed would be notorious goes up probably double double all right that seems four fair. points is so cheap still yeah i can see notorious hitting five points yeah. i mean look at what they did to what they did to like mando optics and enduring and all that other yeah, stuff right it's a poorly yeah. designed uh card notorious yeah <laughs> one charge <laughs> one and yeah anyway. it, what if the attack had to hit i mean there's just something there guys they could have done to make it a little bit less incredible yeah <laughs> all right george what's your what's your take what's your one hot take or one thing that you know is going to get changed oh that i know it's going to get changed that's really jingoist for sure all right what i do hope though this is. Just, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm jumping into something else. I do want Boba, Separatist Boba, to be given a talent slot. That's what I would hope for. But we'll see. Can I? Can I? Can I add one more? I, I know you said yes. You can. Yeah, I don't care. We, I, we have ten I, minutes. I, okay, so. I have an inkling here that Vader Defender will lose his talent slot, even though he doesn't need to change in points. I think he will lose his talent slot. Fingers crossed. That's a good one. The juking days are over. (laughs) That will be good. I agree with you on that one. I was to say, for me, the guaranteed change, the one guaranteed change um, that I feel is that Shafe Clouds will either go up drastic, will double in points, will be seven or eight, 
or we're going to see them lose their ability to work with the bombers. And then a small points change. So either they're going to go up to like five or six points. I, uh, they're going to either go, here you go. I'll, I'll be solid. They're going to go to six points and the FO bombers lose the skilled bombardier piece with those and the boost before maneuver with those, or they're just going to double them to eight points and it's, it's going to be an eight point upgrade. Like, do you really want to take it? You know, now I guess that we have a few minutes. <clears throat> what is your hot take? Something nobody would know or something, something nobody's going to guess that's going to change. Nick, you can go first again. All right. So I guess I'll give you one that's like a medium, like that would be a hot take for like the whitest of people that can't handle their spice. And then I'll give you like an actual hot take. Mandalorian will be, he'll, he probably, he'll keep the loadout, but he'll go down to six. I think he will be priced to play because he's only played a bit and he needs to be played more than Q9 because that's what they want. I'm just saying. Um, that's the medium. I, I don't think many that's people white be surprised by spice. that. That's the white people spice one. Yeah. That's um, that's called white barbecue sauce. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. sorry. I don't. If anybody likes white barbecue sauce, I apologize. This is fucking <laughs> disgusting. I don't know who the yeah. fuck made that up. Um, Southern. Okay. Anyway. Uh, gosh. Uh, like a real hot take. Oh my god. Um, George, do you have one? Because I now I have to start. The, I'm like thinking really hard about. It. I want to choose the right <laughs> one. And if you have it, I'll pass it to you and come right back to me. Uh, hot take. Um, Fenral scum will go down to what you gotta give points uh we'll go down to i'd play him at six but i'm hoping for five but I, that'll never happen oh my god that would be <laughs> that's crazy. a pretty hot thing yeah, i would yeah. love that oh my god so okay um just i just want to say that if you decided to do that if they decided to do that you could run q9 fen rao and then sirisu and lima with protorps Man, I hope they don't do that because that means that's what Cam will be running or that's what Andrew Oler will be running yeah. on Sunday. Well, Fuck he's playing Republic, so he will be... Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. Never mind. So you'll be good. He'll be breaking some draft <laughs> league rules if he brings a scum list. All right. I feel uh, better. Okay. Um, my... Uh, this is really tough. I think... Okay, here's a hot take. I think uh, Morna Key will go back up or loadout will drop significantly, but Oiken will be the one that'll be the cheap decimator. I don't think we'll we'll see double deci as the most like obvious or or viable thing that maybe we see right now is one of those winning options in Empire. I think Oiken will stay the cheapest, and Morna could go up to up, back up to to eight. She might have been eight before, if not, their loadout was just lower. Um, or Rack goes down. Ugh. Ooh. Careful there. Ugh. I don't. I don't think that's a good call. No. Um, mm. And if he goes down, he loses like ten loadout points at least because I think he has way too many still. Um, but nine. I mean, I, I. I'm just thinking about some a pilot that just literally never gets played in a competitive space, and Rack is one of them that does come to mind. Um, because why? When you can run Oiken and Morna for two points less with a lot of loadout. And that's fair. Yep. So my. So I have two spicy takes. One of them, if you watch the show, you will know um, that Finn is going to go up in the pod uh, to four points, or Finn's going to lose um, all like most of his loadout and stay at three. Um, the the we'll call we'll, we're going to call this the Cajun hot take is that they're going to ban Finn Gunner and ban Finn Pod oh. from standard play. Oh, 
No, that's the, pod. the that's the really, gunner though. Like, oh, yes. I hate death ray so much. Get that shit out of there. Let's go. Yep. So I, I so much. That that's that's my Cajun spicy take. Now, if we're gonna do like uh Carolina Death Reaper take, right? If we're gonna go like all out balls to the walls, crazy, just like off the charts, crazy. Are you ready for it? So we're, I we're you, you, you didn't take my fin though, because that was that was my hot take. My original hot take was gonna be um uh Fen Rao's gonna go down points, but oh, my okay. ultra death, crazy, spicy, insane take that nobody's gonna like. Is we're gonna see Kylo Ren and the silencer maintain all his points and go to six points. Oh god. To compete with all the standard loadout. Wow. There you go. I'd play wow. FO at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I 100%. think to add to this the spice that we're, we're really <laughs> kind of formulating here, that they'll errata at some point, probably not maybe not this points change, but they'll errata the add a blank result heroic bullshit that you also see Ray do. Uh, you're not rolling a die when you do that. Therefore, your dice when you do that. Therefore, you shouldn't be able to heroic when you've added a result. I think they should just errata that. What if they just ban heroic? Made it, no. took it out of standard. No, that's ridiculous. That's like a saying. little too far. I don't know. They'll ban Poe. They're going to ban Poe. They're going to ban no. X1 Vader. They're going to ban Luke. <laughs> no, they definitely won't do that. Ban Boba. Poe po- po- po will never disappear. You'll never, like, Poe will never disappear. That's a joke. I'm, I'm being ridiculous. <laughs> it's like the old hyperspace when you couldn't play Vader or Luke. <laughs> you remember that guy? Yeah, that was yes, I do. That, that was, was the so stupidest stupid. thing I've ever heard. It's like it was like the opposite of AMG. Like they only wanted you to play generics. It's like what is what is this? <laughs> we want to give you new ships every single time. Anyway, all right, that's enough fun for tonight. I guess we did our fun at the end of the episode instead of the beginning of the episode. So. Either which way, thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week, next Sunday, um, with a new points change, unless something crazy happens. And if it does, I'll tell you what, if, if we do not get a points change, I'm just, we're not going to do a podcast. Next week. I'm, just, I, I'm boycotting. I'm going to boycott. We're not doing, or we're, no, we're going to do a podcast with only hot takes. There you go. Nick's going to come back. We're going to do a podcast with only hot takes, nothing else. Just, just to piss everyone off, we'll lose every viewer that we've ever had. Right, we'll that's fine. Holly Ebert to, ban- to to slander us. <laughs> that's fine with me. <laughs> king of, the king of slander <laughs> works for me, baby. Anyway, um, but we will have new points updates um next week. Uh, where we'll be talking about points. Um, if you would it, again, two things. One, if you would like to submit lists um for recommendation, once points drop for me to play, uh, head over to our Discord. We have a list su- suggestion, um, like ta- I don't know what they call it, but whatever it is, is a whatever the hell they call it in Discord. When you have a channel for that, we have a channel specifically for that. You're welcome to go drop separatist only lists into that that into there and tag me in it. If we have points changes and you have list recommendations uh, for next week, we will also cover those um, as well. And if we don't get to them next week, we will get to them the week after because the week after we will be solely covering um, list building again with all the new points. With that being said, thank you, Nick, um, for joining us. Uh, if you don't know who 312 Squadron is, head on over to 312 Squadron. You can find them over on Twitch and on Facebook. For some reason, they really like Facebook. I don't know why. Um, he loves his Facebook. So well, Fuck those guys, those 312 Squadron guys. What are they up to? Crazy. It's too um, much swiping. 
too much swiping. And if you want to watch uh, me play Andrew Oler on 312 Squadron next Sunday at 7 p.m. Go. Eastern. It's going to ghost him. He's going to get ghosted. To, I would love to ghost him. You're welcome to uh, wait for these new points, baby. Um, you're welcome to come check us out before the show next week. Uh, thank you, Nick, for joining us. Thank you, George, for joining us. We'll be back next week, 9 p.m. or a little bit after Eastern time, depending on how long my game goes. Um, and we'll be back next week with more X-Wing and Planning Face Syndicate. Thank you all. Have a good night.